Blog Talk Radio. Hey. One, two, three and to the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an interest, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back at it again, man. It's the Relatively Black and Fat Podcast Network with another heavy-handed edition where I'll be talking about my night at last night's fight at the Stuff Up Arena in Carson, California, where I seen Triple G quickly dispose of Vanez Martirosian. And I'll also be talking a little King James does it again. You know what he did. You've seen it. The earth felt the shockwave. You know, another buzzer beater. And uh, all those nostalgic memories of Mike, you know, when we feel like we've seen Mike hit a bunch of buzzer beaters. We feel like we've seen Kobe hit a bunch of buzzer, buzzer beaters. Truth is, LeBron has made more buzzer beater, beaters than them both. So, yeah, man, I want to talk about just my experience from yesterday, if you guys have the time for me to tell a story to some degree. I want to get into it. But, uh, you know, I hope everyone's having a blessed Sunday morning, man. Sometimes you got to reflect. Um, I was reading an article, and it was talking about 25 characteristics of successful people. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you about all of them, but one of them was savoring the moment, taking the moment in. And, you know, sometimes, you know, just it's a beautiful Sunday morning. You're alive. Hopefully you're well. If you are in good health, that's something to be happy about. Thank the Lord for, you know, putting air in your chest this morning. And if your loved ones are fine around you and everyone's in good health, you have a lot to be happy about. So moving on, man talk about yesterday so yesterday was one of those days now if you a dad and you stuck to the grind like I am you know you you put in your real hard work I'm not talking about you weekend dads and no disrespect to weekend dads okay but let me just tell you something for us full-time dad us 24 7 365 you know a guy like me I pick up two kids from school on an hour and a half to two hour ride every day. Two kids from different locations. I get on the freeway. I get off the freeway, drive into far into L.A., about eight miles in the city, pick one kid, go to another place, pick up the other kid. But um, that's it, man. You know, it's a grind. And no disrespect to those parents who aren't full-time parents because co-parenting is a real thing. But I do want you to know it's a little different when you got to be a full-timer. However, you know, along with the story, so every now and again, and going back to that, one of those characteristics about successful people is savoring a moment and taking time out to like, enjoy things, to step aside from your grind and say, hey, I'm going to treat myself. And treating yourself is also one of those characteristics too. So 
point, story. Um, yesterday, so I told wifey earlier in the week, you know what? Saturday morning, you're not going to see me. You're not going to see me that entire day. I'm, I'm doing what I call a dad's day. You know, every now it's a national holiday, but you get to use it whenever you want. A day, a hall pass for a day. Now, you can't do no, no, no wild shit, but what you can do is go out and have a man's day, you know, a dad day. And whatever that consists of, there should be a threshold of hours dadding you should have to complete to, either, to even have this day to spend on your calendar. So maybe I need to really come up with this and create this threshold of hours you have to complete until you can have a dad day in the pocket. But my hours are well spent at this point. And so, you know, I told wifey earlier in the week, you know, my buddy, my boy Santiago, he got me a um he got me a ticket already. Now I didn't really ask Santiago to get me a ticket, but my boy Santiago got me a ticket. So I'm fucking with that, right? So I get he got me the ticket. It's a hundred dollar seat. He's like, yo, we got seats to triple G. I'm like, cool, man. And uh, you know, save a little leg work for me. So I tell wifey earlier in the week, hey, I'm gonna be out all day Saturday. I'm hanging with the fellows. We're going to the fight. We're tailgating. I'm hanging out. So I tell her, look, the the Honda, it needs an oil change. So my plan, I'm going to wake up early Saturday morning. I'm going to head down to Honda. I'm going to get an oil change. You know, that's something as a dad you, you like to do. You know, uh, you, you like to go and get an oil change. You know, that's something that makes you feel like you're doing your dad work and you're making sure the, the family vehicles are up and running and performing at their, you know, optimal levels. So I get up, you know, I'm on my day shit. I go to Honda, you know, bright and sunny day. You know, I get the, 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 the car taken care of. The lady said, you know, you take good care of your car, sir. Great job after, you know, they do their inspection and they're looking for all kind of shit. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just get in an oil change whenever the car tells me to. But, uh, yeah, so everything was well there. Got my oil change, man. Beautiful, sunny, Southern California day. I'm revved up. I'm like, I'm out all day, you know. I'm wearing sunglasses at this point. The sun's out. It's about 80 degrees. And I'm out. And I have a hall pass basically for the day. Uh, however, now there is something that did happen here that I'm not proud about. I did miss my boy Eugene's son prom situation. Now, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm, I'm kind of saddened about it. But, you know, I felt like I owed the guy money already and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But that did happen. So that was the downside of the day. But. At this point, it's a beautiful Southern California day. Um, so I go home, I get a haircut, you know, I take a shower, I get out. It's about, uh, let's say it's four o'clock. I'm headed down to the stadium, I'm headed down to the uh, stuff up, hop on the freeway. I got the roof back. I'm playing music, which I usually don't do. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm like, I'm letting my hair down, even though I'm basically bald. Just imagine my hair blowing gloriously in the wind at this point. So I head on down to the stub hub. You know, I get there. I hit my homies up. You know, they're like, yo, where you at? Where you at? I'm like, I'm in the car, man. I'm over here. They find me. So it's massive tailgating going on out, out outside this place. Now, 
I don't know, in Southern California, for a lot of us, tailgating is something. I don't know. It depends what type of person you are. But being in Southern Cali down here in L.A., and it hasn't been, I don't know, just ideal places. And a lot of times the law enforcement can be so enforceful and so and such, you know, there's so many of them around, you kind of don't feel comfortable tailgating as much and doing all the things that come with tailgating. However, this was a beautiful situation here at the Stub Hub. The law enforcement was there, but they weren't so plentiful, you know? It, it wasn't like they made you feel like if you were hanging out your car and smoking and drinking, like they were going to roll up on you. You know what I mean? So the tailgating situation was beautiful. Me and my boys were hanging out, having some drinks. Um, everything was lovely. Also in the building was uh, the boxing voice, my boys. So that's Nestor Gibbs, uh, Matthew Hunter, Enrique. Uh, Monsterpiece was there. If any of you are familiar with that show, the boxing voice, shout out to them. You know, that's that's family at this point. And, um, yeah, so they were in the building, and they were having a live show. So, and that was a great thing, man. It was a lot of, you know, sunshine hanging out and, uh, you know, just a really good situation and having a good time. You know, um, Tom Loeffler came out. You are able to see Tom Loeffler speak, um, Willie Monroe. And these are, this is strictly heavy boxing fan talk. You know what I mean? You you got to be a uh, kind of a hardcore to really dig this. But, um, you know, Willie Monroe was there. Tom Loeffler, Triple G's promoter, was there. Doug Fisher, the editor of Ring Magazine, was there. Um, and, you know, talking and giving the crowd, you know, some really insider impact. This isn't the type of content you just get anywhere. But uh, those guys were in the building, man. It was a great time last night. Um, Lada and the uh, the uh, live show the guys were doing from the boxing voice was hosted by Chivas Regal. Now, Chevis, now there's plenty of ways to say this thing. I don't know the right way. I personally prefer Chevis because it sounds so, it sounds a little more refined, wouldn't you agree? Or Chevis Regal, you know, uh, you know, either way you say it, but it's a whiskey. And these guys were doing some promoting. They had a, were the Chevis Regal girls. It was just basically hot young women in tight black dresses. That's a Chevis Regal going across the chest. And that was it for the atmosphere. Um, you know, it's a good time, man. A lot of drinking. I was feeling it. I was faded. It was a beautiful situation. And then when you're when you're out on your dad holiday, you know, that's all you all you all you really get to do. You don't get to go out and do no wild shit. You don't get to party with obscure women and disrespect your wife and things of that nature. No, you don't get to do that, guys. All you get to do is go do some daddy type of man shit. Now that could be you want to go paintball with your with your buddies. You want to hit the shooting range. Um, you know, hey, you know, look here, man. I ain't going to tell you what you do on your holiday. Be responsible is all I will tell you. This is the holiday, the dad holiday. Once you complete these hours, now, you know, these hours ain't going to be easy. You know, for you weekend dads, it might take you a year and a half to get these hours in. You're going to have, because your, your dadding hours, they have to accumulate. 
you know what I mean, to this certain threshold. I haven't found the number of dadding hours I want to appropriately apply to this, but it's not going to be easily done because, you know, I don't get my dad holiday until I do a lot of dadding. And I'm 24-7, so that's all I'm going to say about that. But back to the point. So, yeah, this is what you want to do, man. You want to be having drinks. You want to be in the sun. You want to be wearing maybe your new little outfit or something like this. You know, your your car shined up. You know, it's, it's the engine they tell you is in A1 condition. And you're feeling good about life. You got a little money to burn in your pocket. And you're taking in the moment. So I'm out there. I'm doing my thing. And, and everything's going good. I'm with the boxing place guys. You know, uh, we had a little show there. It was all good, man. But here's one thing. And let let me tell you about one thing about this. The women were out. Make no doubt about it. The women were out in full effect. Now, being in Southern California, I'll tell you this, man. I've been to a few fights around town. I mean, let me give some uh, a shout out to the Mexican ladies out there. And if uh, any of you guys ever listen in, you know, shout out to y'all, man. Y'all come out and y'all represent for 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 the fight game. You know, without you, Mexican Latino women, the shows wouldn't be the same. They just wouldn't. And uh, shout out to all the Mexican cats too, all the Mexican homies. You know, because you know y'all bring them out. You know, without y'all. The fight game in Los Angeles just would not be the same. And, you know, so for all the fellas, when you're planning on coming from out of town and you want to, you know, you're going to uh, come take in a fight, just know the ladies will be there, man. They're there. They come represent at the StubHub, at the Staples, at the Galen Center, at, uh, you know, anywhere around town there where there's boxing. The ladies do show up and represent. Shout out to them. So, you know, and that's always a good thing for a a sunny Sunday afternoon. You know, good optics, good scenery. You know, that that goes along with the fight game. It's always been a part of taking in a, a big fight. The women, you know, the women have to be there. You know, legendarily, women have always been a part of what makes big fight atmosphere. And not saying this was a big fight, but it had a big fight feel to it. Um, you know, the StubHub being the magical, majestic place that it is, it's an outdoor arena. And it's like a bowl. So basically what it is, is people hanging out. You know, you any spot in the whole place is great. You don't even need your seat, really. You know, why have a seat when you can kind of just stand up along the top railing and hang over like you're at a bar with a beer in your hand, hanging out with your buddies? It's a good thing, man. It's a good night. A lot of great food trucks there also. And I'll say, this is my third time there. They've really stepped it up since the last time I was there as far as um, the food that's available. Now, I did not buy a beer. You know why? Uh, one, our tail, our tailgating game, it was strong. Let me just say that. We was right. We came right. We wasn't half-stepping, and we didn't pussyfoot when it came to the tailgating part of things. We was not half-stepping, let me tell you. The homies was right. They had everything. And I'm not going to incriminate myself here, but they had it all. That said, I had no need to buy a beer. 
because I was right by the time I came in, as you should be. This is a part of it. The tailgate experience is definitely a part of what you want to be doing here. Hanging out in the parking lot, not feeling threatened by the law enforcement around. And it's welcoming. And they they seem to get that. Law enforcement there in Carson seems to get it. They don't make, you know, the visitors, the people coming in, putting the money in this place, feel unwelcomed. That's highly, that's that's what you want to do. That's a part of the game. So, yeah, I'm feeling right. So I didn't have to buy a beer. So about some of the food that was available there. There were all kind of food trucks there. What ended up catching my eye, you know, was this uh, kind of a pulled pork truck that had a cheddar biscuit, brisket, no, a cheddar brisket melt. And that's what caught my eye. Uh, again, I was under, you know, I've been drinking heavily and, yeah, it's feeling right. So when I seen this cheesy, bready thing with brisket meat in it, really caught my attention. And then they also had Parmesan bacon fries, which also were looking good at the time. So me and my boy headed over to this truck. Uh, spent about, uh, you know, now let me, you know, prices, man. So my sandwich costed about 12 bucks. Okay. I don't know about how you feel about buying a $12 brisket melt. I didn't feel too bad about it. I felt like, you know, that was about reasonable for where you are and what you're doing. You got, I guess, you know, a better cut of meat than a hamburger. And, you know, I didn't feel too bad about the decision. Now, what I... I usually don't like are those $15 cups of beer. Those really rub me the wrong way. That's what really grinds my gears is them damn $15, 16-ounce cups of beer. Now, let me let me kind of break that down for you. That is a regular, that's, that's like your medium-sized canned beer. That's not a tall can. Tall can is 24 ounces. Small can, 12 ounces. So there's one obscure can that's like in the middle of that. It's like the tall, skinny can. It's not the tall, wide, tall can. It's a skinnier can. That's a 16-ounce can. That's basically your normal house-sized cup. You know, a larger size cup you have in your home. That's what you get for $15. Yeah, $15. That's what you get. Now, I ain't a baller, you know what I mean? However, I don't get out much. So when I do go out, I try to say one of those tips from successful people, treat yourself, right? So when I do go out, man, I'm not trying to be cheap because I don't go out much. So I understand things cost when you go out. However, don't mean I want to pay $15 $15 for a fucking cup of beer when I know that I buy 12 packs for 10 bucks. This is ridiculous. I went to a Rams game this past summer. Me and my wife went to a Rams game. Let me, you know, we're talking experiences. Now, I know I'm jumping off the track real quick here, but yeah, bear with me. Uh, me and wifey went to a Rams game with some friends. Had Now, let me tell you about this now. 
we were able to get in. We had two Coors Lights. Now, they, they check all your bags when you walk in. They let us through with the two Coors Lights in our bag. Let me tell you, I didn't know those Coors Lights were going to come in such handy because it was hot as hell. Now, if you guys ever been to the L.A. Coliseum in the middle of the, of the summer, the L.A. Coliseum is just a, another just open place, you know, like most stadiums, sitting in the middle of the sun in the summer. <sighs> now, people complain about dome stadiums. Let me tell you something, man. I wouldn't mind one because uh, sitting in the middle of the sun for two, three hours, and usually these experiences, you're walking and you're you're in the sun for about four to five hours. I don't know about you, but when it's about 90 degrees plus, this can start to be uncomfortable, to say the least. So, Rams game, you know, this is cups of beer for $15. Now, the sun's beating down on you. I'm just beating you down. So, it's putting you in a spot where it's like, damn, I need something cold. And, man, I got one of them cups of beer. And luckily I had my two Coors Lights because that really held me over because I did not want to be forced to buy, to spend, to, I mean, li- literally, you get a tall can, a little more than a tall can, 30, you're getting 32 ounces for $30. You're paying a dollar an ounce. <laughs> it's insane, man. But uh, the Rams game, I'll tell everybody around town, it's fun. It's a great atmosphere out there. It's really loose. A lot of old Rams fans, so it's fun to see the old guys out there dancing. They play a lot of California love. California knows how to party. So it's kind of like a little party scene out there, man. You'll really enjoy it. Bring your family out. Bring the kids. But let me tell you this. You better choose your seats widely, wisely because those L.A. Coliseum seats, oh, boy. If you're any kind of person who's a little larger than the average person and what i mean by an average person being eh, let me say around no bigger than five foot seven and 170 pounds or five foot eight tops these seats are not made for you if you're a six foot person these seats are are not made for you now there'll be a lot of people showing up at the coliseum next year for rams games because the rams are expected to be good they had a great season so i'm sure a lot of california other californians we can't wait to go support, right? Let me tell you, it ain't for you, man. If you are got any height on you or if you're big, make sure you choose your seats widely. Look at the stadium chart when you're choosing your seats. Um, great time. Come out there. Back to boxing. Back to the boxing experience, man. So, boom. And I want to give a PSA to out-of-towners who come into California, especially southern Southern, Southern, when you're talking about these beach cities, I want you to keep in mind Los Angeles is a beach city. Los Angeles is less than 10 miles away from water in many directions you go, especially going west. So all these guys from the Boxing Voice, they're from New York. So what I noticed about people who come from out of town to events in Southern California and Los Angeles is that they want to wear their summer gear, right? You know, for a lot of them. This is the first time they're getting kissed by this beautiful sun in months, you know. So they want to come out and show the tank tops and show the halter tops and the the short shorts. And the guys want to wear their shorts and, you know, you want to wear your summer gear. But what you don't know 
is around eh, 6.30ish, especially when you're close to the beach, it's about to get cold on your ass pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Them clouds to come rolling on in and that that marine layer, as they call it, comes rolling on in. It's about to get cold on your ass pretty quick before you know it. You're going to be grabbing your arms. Now, here's the thing. What you seen last night at the StubHub was a was a jambalaya of people where you could tell what time they got dressed for the day at. And I got caught in this. See, I got dressed for the day, like I was telling you. I'd come home and geared up and took a shower and shaved up, and I was gone by 4 o'clock, 3, 3.30. Still pretty sunny and hot at that time. So I'm wearing shorts and a kind of T-shirt get-up, very thin T-shirt, you know? Um, that's it. Then you had, you could easily see a lot of people like me, Women in dresses or women in shorts who were out for earlier in the day and just made it a day and came here later in the evening. And this thing is kicking off about 6.30. By the time the, the main event starts at 7.30, 8 o'clock, it's freezing at this time. Freezing. Okay? And so you have people like me who are out since, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the, in the afternoon then you could tell there was people who came just to the fight who had on sweaters, jeans, you know, the proper shoe wear. And it was just, you could just tell. And people, uh, one of the guys laughed. He said, yeah, I could tell you was out early today. I said, yeah. You know, and there was a lot of guys like me in the stands doing the old school shirt, arms in the shirt thing where just your arms, your arm, the sleeves of your, the arms of your shirt are hanging. You've seen grown men doing that. You know, I, I held off as long as I possibly could, guys. But look here. Looking, if that's considered corny or something a man shouldn't do, or being warmer, I'm going to be warmer. Straight up. You know, I know I didn't look the coolest. There was other men doing it also. Probably wasn't the coolest look out there. But let me tell you something. Warmth is a priority in life. And uh, sometimes you got to lose a cool point to be responsible. <laughs> That's something you learn as a man, I see, right? Very profound. But uh, yeah, man, that happened. So let's talk about the fight a little bit. So before that, we had the Barakas lady. Uh, get win her fight in a unanimous decision. It's a pretty entertaining fight. Now, let me tell you from the stands and not knowing a lot about these two ladies or who either of them were for the most part, uh, you couldn't really tell who was who. It seemed that one of the women was landing more, but it, it didn't. It also seemed like they were definitely in exchanges. This lady, both these women were fighting, you know, throwing hands. You know, now it seemed from the stands. Now, if for those of you who've never witnessed a fight live, it's in or any sport live, you're conditioned to take in a sporting event, listening to the commentary, the blow by blow. That's how we're used to doing it. And without it, you're just having 
kind of you're entertaining conversation around you or whatever conversation someone may be having with you while just watching things happen. And it, like in a sport like football, it's really weird, man. You know, if, if you don't have a lot of I, I went to a um, San Diego Chargers game a few years back and I was in a booth. And so it wasn't a lot of um, commentary going on in, in, that, in that arena for whatever reason at the time. They didn't play a lot of music. You got to understand the music is very key here, you know, because that's what kind of keeps the crowd engaged and they can have you doing stuff and kiss cam and all this shit. You know, they do all that stuff is to keep you engaged because without it, it can just be conversations going on because there's, there's nothing, there's no blow by blow. So I'm trying to explain, but you know, same thing in a boxing match and even more so uh, in football is just like things happening. You could look at your friend and talk to him for 10 seconds and then you'll just hear the roar of the crowd and someone will be running in some direction and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that was great. You know, but, Without that blow-by-blow, blow, man, everything's different at live sporting events without the, the commentary from the analyst. So same thing in boxing. It's not nearly the same when, you know, when you don't, when you don't have somebody saying, ooh, ah, and look at that right hand, and they're really using the jab well. And, you know, you look how the person is, uh, you know, avoiding shots, or look at that body shot, you know, they're, that they're pointing out to you and they're, you know, making – having the, its definition blow by blow, in the stands, you don't see that nearly as much. You know, not nearly as much. And you're not able to tell the how powerful a shot is nearly as much, especially something like a body shot. Not even close to as much. So when it came to the ladies fighting, it just looked like they were really throwing hands. It definitely did look like one was getting the, the better of the other and landing the more significant shots, but it definitely looked like they were letting that leather fly. Uh, so kudos to them, uh, the Baracus woman, and I would like to call her something better than the Baracus woman, but I just don't know very much about them. Forgive me for that. And I, I understand she's very decorated and highly touted, but uh, she did win. On to the Golovkin fight. Um, that's what everyone was there for. Electric atmosphere, guys. But the place was not packed out. You know, people were, you know, it was a chant of some some dudes behind us, you know, probably been drinking. We want upgrades. We want upgrades. They was doing that, you know. And, you know, it was just fun. But there were some seats down towards the down towards the front of this thing now. I, I feel like the tickets probably were overpriced. Possibly, I don't know. No. But there was some room in this place. It wasn't sold out like that. Not like that. I don't know what they told you on TV. I don't know how it looked on HBO. I'm sure it looked great. But it was, you know, a good section, like an entire column row of empty seats, like a lot, a lot. So now there was plenty Triple G fans out there. A lot of Triple G um, merch was on display. I mean, you had a lot of the Mexican dudes out there with the bandanas, Triple G with the bandana. You know, the, the old Julio Cesar Chavez is where I know it from. I'm sure it goes back before that. 
But that's where I knew the the bandana thing coming into play. And you see uh, a lot of the Mexican fighters do it. But a lot of the dudes had on the Triple G bandanas, Triple G hats, Triple G shirts. The Triple G merch was on display. Now, give me a second here, guys. I'm going to take a sip. No, I'm only human. But, yeah, the Triple G merch was on display for show. Um, the ladies, they seem to love Triple G. You know, I don't know how to better explain it. The ladies were like, we love you, Triple G. And, you know, they came out, support. Um, yeah, the ladies seemed to love them, you know. Straight up, man, I, I can't even hate on the guy. The ladies seem to love him. Uh, so let's get into it, man. Uh, the guys came out, Triple G's music played, everybody got excited. Uh, Vanez came in, the Armenians were in the building. They had a little area of support, you know, maybe 100 people or less, 50 people around probably. But I did see them, some Armenian flags flying around. Yeah, definitely. Armenians were in the building. Um, Vanez came on out. Triple G came out. First round started. And Vanez seemed to hold true to. Now, my prediction, <laughs> and obviously I was wrong. Um, I thought this fight was going to be really competitive through six. I thought that Vanez would have moments, you know, moments, plural, where he made Gennady looked old and slow based upon the fact that, you know, like I've said, Vanez doesn't have a high profile name, but he does have high profile experience. And that's a thing. You know, this guy has fought rounds with some really good company. So I thought, you know, him being a smaller fighter would make him faster, which, you know, would have a advantage early on before he slowed down by the plumbling and the shots or whatever it would take to slow him down. I thought Vanez would be crafty enough, savvy enough early and quicker early to evade and use, you know, some tact to evade Gennady for some few rounds and make it uh, an interesting fight. Interesting enough that people would be like, oh, wow, wow, I can't believe this guy's, you know, because a lot of people hasn't, haven't heard about this, so they're going to be quickly discredit, you know, the work that I thought he'd give Golovkin, but did not happen. But in the first round, it seemed like my prediction was going to happen. From fans, it looked like Bonas came out, he changed, he didn't look scared, um, it looked like he won the first round easily. Seem to be able to evade, slip, slide, get out the way of the big shots, land his shots when he wanted. Definitely, you know, definitely. Uh, so I was feeling good about it. I was like, round one, Martyrosian. This thing's going to go exactly how I thought. And, you know, the stands were kind of quiet. You know, wasn't so much just around. But I was like, yep, that's one in the bag for Martyrosian, clearly. So second round starts. And I'm thinking, you know, be a little more of the same, whatever. But clearly, Gennady had said something in the corner, something was said. And what happened is his intensity went through, obviously, to a level that 
Martirosian could not match. He just came in there and said, well, I'm about to get rid of you now, period. And there's nothing you can do about it because my engine, I have more RPMs on the engine than you. I can get up higher than you. And when I turn my dial up to the max, it doesn't go to where my dial goes. And it was nothing Marta Rosian could do about the inevitable end when Gennady wanted it to end. Now, people thought maybe he'd play with his food for a little while here. Maybe he'd give us a big drama show. He'd drag them, you know. I thought that was possible. We've seen Gennady drag guys early in his career or earlier. Uh, the Willie Monroe, some say, the uh, Dominic Wade's. And whoever else, uh, you know, say, God, he could have got these guys out of there. But in order to give you the big drama show, he let it happen a while. And I thought that was a possibility. But no, a business decision was made. Gennady said to himself, and this is what I wanted to really, this is kind of the nuance of the, the whole thing here. Gennady said to himself, I see the games that are being played. here. You guys want to age me. Another way to age me is by perception. Make me look old and slow. So I come out here and don't have a fantastic performance because I want to drag out this fight and give the people a show, a big drama show. But in that, there's risk. People will say, well, damn, he went, he went fucking eight rounds with Martirosian? Oh, Canelo's going to dog him. Oh, Triple G's definitely lost a step. You see? And Triple G and his management knew that would be the narrative. So what they do? They said, nope, we ain't going to give you nothing. See you in September. Ain't going to be nothing to talk about here, Jack. Not a goddamn thing to talk about here. Good night, everybody, is what Triple G said. You know, we wasn't there long. That fight went one round, came out the next round, and I'd say dispatched of him. When he, when he said, I'm going to dispatch of you in the second round, took him about a minute. Matarosian had no resistance for when Triple G was ready to run him on down. None. Okay? And Triple G made a business decision. He said, you know, I'd love, I'm sure he would have loved to give us all, us paying attendees, a big drama show. But it's more money on the line down the future. And they're trying to cut him down with narrative and saying, oh, he's old and slow. Look, look what Marta Rosian did. You know, he's definitely getting older and slower. Charlo will beat him. Gennady said, uh, uh, not so fast, my friend. You know, we haven't done all this brilliant strategic marketing thus far to let the likes of a Oscar De La Hoya and company outsmart us now. Fathom that. Nah. I'm going to mow this guy down. Nothing to talk about. Only thing to talk about is what we're going to do on September 16th. What y'all going to do, man? Ain't nothing to see here. There was nothing to see there. So Triple G went on to mow him down real quick. If you ask me the reason why, he knew what the what kind of what the narrative would be if he didn't, if he gave us a big drama show. So he made a business decision. So it's going to be a short night, guys, but 
I got to save my reputation. They want to use this narrative that I'm aging, I'm deteriorating, I'm getting slower and kind of use that. So that's a narrative going forward. But Triple G and his management team, Tom Loughran, and those likes had other plans and did what I would have done, made it a short night. So kudos to them, man. Overall, good day. Good day out for your boy, man. Good day out for your boy. Now, 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 can 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 pops have a day out? God damn it! Should I feel guilty about having a day for me, not hanging with my kids at all, my wife at all? Cause that's what I did. Also, miss my little nephew, little promy prom. That ain't nothing I'm proud of. You know, that ain't nothing I'm proud of. But yeah, man. Overall, good little day, day in the sun, day of fun, hanging with the fellas, took in a fight, always love being at the Stub Pub. If you guys haven't been there for any event, it's like it's kind of like the Hollywood Bowl, but for any event, you know, you can find to go down there. I suggest you do it. It's a great place to be. Like I also said, it gets chilly. If you're going to be down there. If you've been out all day and you're out having lunch and you went to the bar and you're going to go after and you've been dressed since 12 o'clock, take you a jacket, Jack, you know, because it's going to get cold down there. Let me tell you, it's going to get cold down there, but a great place to go. Take advantage of it. It's the Chargers, uh, the, the Los Angeles Chargers home playing field. That's another to do for this upcoming football season for me taking out take the girls down to the football game you know i force them to do the shit i like basically but i'll probably you know take them to a sparks game and whatnot but yeah taking them uh wonderful place man suggest you take your family there moving on smooth segues i do i like to call them as my boy uh shannon sharp from the morning show undisputed with skip bayless which is now my favorite show, overtaking first take. And look here, man. It's not just because Skip left. I'm fucking tired of hearing Stephen A. holler. You know, just tired of it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what it is. I just don't want to hear him no more. I'm tired of it. And I like Max. I think Max has great logic and very smart reasoning and how he he uh, puts together and articulate his points. But I'm kind of done checked out on Stephen A and his yelling. Yeah, that's what it is. And also on the other side of the thing, they're just more. They got more freedom, man. It's clear to see. ESPN keep you button up. They didn't got rid of Jamel Hill. All these people. And that's, that has nothing. I don't really care about that. But. The Undisputed is taking all the guys that ESPN doesn't want, and these are the guys I like. The not-so-buttoned-up types. I mean, come on, man. And I'm even on the fence with, goddamn, y'all got Shannon Sharp up here blinging backwoods and black and miles and shit and wave and uh, stocking caps on the show. Now, I'm a man that likes a little level of professionalism. Now, of course, I like to be like, like my culture and like to let that hang, but I also respect other people and what they're comfortable what they're comfortable with now shannon be indulging a bit if you ask me but they let it ride they let it ride so i fuck with it 
um, I just feel like they have more reins to be, you know, themselves on that side of town. And I just enjoy Shannon more than I enjoy Steven. And what I was getting to here is that the guy I'm about to talk about is what Shannon, you know, if you've been watching the show, Shannon's a uh, Shannon Sharp is, has been riding for LeBron. And what he call him, what I like what he calls him every now and again is old, old Bron. And old Bron did it last night again, last night, y'all. Y'all, y'all seen the shockwave. Y'all, y'all seen the shot heard around the world. Yeah, man. Like off a running, going to your left, off the left foot, off the glass, fading. Now, for those of you who don't play ball, who have never played ball, you won't understand this. But for those of us who have, dog, going left, dribbling with your left hand, a jump fade away off the left foot one hand off with the right hand off the glass about 15 feet 17 feet away i never seen the shot you know it's not the dirk one-legged step back thing it's not that off the opposite foot this shit bron bron did old bron did last night was some shit I ain't never seen. Old Braun put up a shot. Now, I thought I seen all the shots. No, that was a shot I ain't never seen Old Braun did last night. And, uh, man, off the glass to rub it in. Off the glass and did it on purpose? You kidding me? Second buzzer beater in this year's playoffs. Now, I don't know the numbers, man. I could quickly hop and see what it do as far as who has more buzzer beaters, this, that, and the other. But I do know this, and it's a fact, a factoid. LeBron got more buzzer beaters in the playoffs than MJ or Kobe. Yeah. Those guys y'all like, not saying that I don't love them because I love them both dearly. And I'm not saying I'm not making no assertion here. I'm just stating a fact. Old Braun got more buzzer beaters in the playoffs than both of your favorites. It's just a fact. Take it in. Those dudes y'all calling clutch that we, when nostalgia kicks in and we see Mike pushing off on uh, Brian Russell of all things and we see Kobe. Now, I'm a guy who was here in Los Angeles and watched Kobe make all them shots. Fantastic, right? Now, I'll say this, Kobe made more probably game-tying and late fourth-quarter shots, under two-minute shots, but when we're talking about buzzer beaters to win ball games, old Braun got him. Old Braun got him, man. And that's just a fact. But, um, yeah, he did it again, man, and that series is now 3-0 Cleveland. And so it looks like it's going to be exactly what we thought the Eastern Conference would shake down to at the beginning of the season. But so many things happen during the season to change what we would, what we thought about that initial thought about our beginning of the season predictions about what will happen in the Eastern Conference. You know, because we thought going in, this was a, a cut and dry race to the Eastern Conference Finals for Boston and Cleveland, 
But then Gordon Hayward went down. And trades were made in Cleveland that we thought were good. Then a month later, we felt were bad. Then Kyrie Irving went down. Then Cleveland made more trades. And then you have a Boston team here with their two best players both out for the rest of the season. Boston is now left with rookies and second and third year players. We didn't think Boston would be playing like they're playing. And then in the midst of all that, while these two things are happening to Cleveland, they're not playing well. Cleveland's barely getting by Indiana. There was this other team that emerged that everybody started ball washing for lack of term, lack of better term. If you ask me, it seemed like the truck was rolling down the streets of Philadelphia. And then everybody just jumped on the back of this damn truck that was empty. And then the bandwagon was suddenly full with people saying Philadelphia is going to take the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I say about two weeks ago. It was a, a sure thing that Philly be taking the East, right? But now we got Boston on their ass, and I told y'all before, they not beating Boston. Now, I was surprised myself, you know? I was surprised that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier, led by old Stallworth like a good old Al Horford, I'm surprised that these guys are able to play at this level. And like everyone's saying, man, kudos to Brian, uh, Brad Stevens. Kudos to him. Because he's obviously been able to rewrite how this team's going to play. He's obviously been able to change his message to motivate. His direction on how the offensive played. You know, the defensive philosophy could have stayed the same over all this time. But you lose Gordon Hayward, your defensive, your offensive philosophy has to change. You lose Kyrie Irving, a guy who's controlling a ball for you and giving you near 30 points a night. <laughs> Man, your offensive philosophy has to change dramatically. So, man, I just didn't see it coming. I didn't hop on that Philadelphia bandwagon, but I didn't see this coming for Boston. And those those young kids, they've they've played exceedingly well over anyone's expectation. So it looks like it's going to be what we thought it was going to be, you know. <laughs> Toronto. That's that's LeBron's little brothers, you know what I mean? That's all that is, and they can't beat Big Bro yet, you know, not yet. Maybe one day, y'all know how it goes for the little bros out there. Some days it's early, some days it never changed in some circumstance. A big bro always able to kick your ass. Sometimes little bro kicks big bro's ass eventually, but sometimes it never changes. Big bro always big bro. And that's what LeBron seems to be when it comes to the Toronto Raptors, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, Dwayne Casey and company. That's little bro. And in this family, in this particular circumstance, Lil Bro know what it is. 
I'm big bro forever. When I'm goddamn 63 and you 54, I still kick your ass. I'm big bro to the casket drop. And that's what this shit is right here, man. They ain't going to ever be able to overcome LeBron, what it looked like to me. Valentunas, where you been, man? He seems to like he could be the X Factor in that series. He seems like the one that Cleveland really has no one for. But, you know, he a little brother too. That's all that is. And, uh, you know, rest of the playoffs, man, it's just been fantastic. We're having a good city. Uh, we had Houston kick fucking um utah's teeth in and in utah and that's the thing about them rockets man you know it's so hard with them because they have good more way more good games than bad obviously and by the numbers now what i was about to say is you know they can have off nights because their offense is so reliant on the three ball but obviously the numbers say that they were the most prolific offensive NBA team in the history of the NBA. So me saying they are, they potentially could have off nights because their offensive game is so reliant on the three ball. But the numbers don't say that numbers say they're pretty efficient. Numbers say they score a lot. And when they're rolling, uh, what we've seen, you know, going to Utah, man, is, uh, historically been a tough place to play. You know, those really those people get behind the team. We just heard heard uh, accusations that, you know, opposing players on other teams are called the N-word or, you know, heckled at a level that's not in other cities. So it ain't easy playing in Utah and has never been. But uh, didn't seem to matter for old Houston. Because once, once they're rolling, once James is doing them crossovers and pulling up and stepping back behind that three ball and everybody else is just hitting them open shots, man, it just don't seem to be a lot nobody can do about it. Now, what we're going to get to here is can Golden State do something about it? Because they like Golden State 2.0, man. Now, don't get me wrong. They're, they're, nobody's a Steph Curry. Nobody's a Klay Thompson. Nobody's a KD. But, dude, they got enough shooters on the roof. You feel me? You know, they got them shooters on the roof, Jack. American snipers out that bitch. I mean, Gordon, uh, man, whoever else on that arc. You know, I can't really, I don't even feel like running down the rosters. But uh, shooters on the roof. Trevor Ariza have become really accurate and efficient with the corner ball. Man, and, you know. It's like anybody out there. When James is doing his thing, he's rolling. Now, James can have an off night, but we've seen this team win with James having an off night. But uh, when they're rolling, man, they're rolling. And I am just so interested to see how the series Houston versus Golden State, what we all want, what some say is essentially the NBA Finals played in the Western Conference Finals. Because we all just saying that whoever wins the West is essentially the NBA champion. Um, how that plays out. Just how do you game plan for each other? Because I don't know that any team is truly stoppable, either team. It's truly you're capable of stopping, so you got to kind of pick your poison. Like you see a lot of teams doing with Cleveland, they're just saying, okay, LeBron, we're going to give you a defender. You go off and get 40 on them. But we sure ain't giving 
uh, Kevin Love and, and uh, Clarkson and and uh, Rodney Hoods and the JRs of the world twenty points. So what do you do with what do you do with Steph? What do you do with Clay? What do you do with James? What do you do with CP? What do you do with all those guys shooter? What do you do with all them shooters on the roof? So I don't know. I I, I can imagine. I like to play matchup here. I could imagine, of course, them sticking uh, KD on James, give him some length and some ability, and that'll make it tough on James. I could see that. Or even now, let's say, you know, Golden State got horses they can throw at you that are good defensive one-on-one players. You got Iguodala who could do the job. You got Draymond who I think give uh, James some work. Um, KD, of course, and Clay, who's a fabulous defender, can all get in James' face. Um, but then who does, you know, who does Houston have for KD? I'm sure they're going to try uh, Trevor Ariza and, you know, whoever else they have out there on that wing. I can't think at the moment. But I know they have some pretty good defenders. But there's not a lot you can do there. Now, Chris Paul will have his hands full with uh, Steph returning. And likewise, on both sides of the ball. But um, anyway, it goes, man. Going to be a fantastic series. I think the Cleveland-Boston series will be fun also. You know, I'm tired of Kevin Hart and Meek Mill. So I don't want Philadelphia to win. I'm tired of them. Straight up. Tired of both of them. I'm, Dan, I'm tired of Kevin Hart winning. You know what I mean? Philadelphia, y'all won the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, the Phillies suck, I'm sure. The Flyers suck, I'm sure. So that's good. Y'all got enough. You guys do not need a fucking NBA championship in the same calendar year. You don't need that. You don't need an NFL championship and a NBA championship in the same calendar year. Y'all wouldn't know how to act. If you had it, if you had it anyway, you wouldn't know how to act. You know, you got to watch how you how much you give certain people because they don't know how to be graceful in any kind of way. But uh yeah, man, just looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, man, clock winding down has been a fantastic show. Um, good night at the fights. Like I said, all you cats with families, take your family out to that stub pub, man. Get some sun in. Take a coat because it's going to get a little chilly later. Um, looking forward for today's games. It's Sunday, y'all. Take it in. Thank the Lord. You know, hope you're in good health. This has been another heavy-handed edition, man. And I'm out this bitch. One, two, three into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble.